Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm, well, who am I? Whoever you want to be. I'm a momentum. Momentum. And we are 30-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV, you've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, we look at the October 21st, 2011 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, small and mid-cap edition, which we've been doing here in 2011. But before we get to that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. That's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, this is just a hobby. It's after work. You know, during the week, Mo and I do a lot of important analysis of financial statements, call transcripts. We talk to managers and their competitors, etc. We're doing none of that here. We're just reading Value Line. And then uh, thirdly, and my lawyer says I need to remind you that we may not have your best interests in mind. We may be advising you to do the opposite of what actually makes sense for you. So do your own work. And then finally, uh, I've been heavily drinking this week, uh, Mo. And you were drinking this week, too. I, I Last have week, you. you hadn't been drinking. so That was quite a place you took us to. Yeah. We went to, a, we went to well, uh, have a drink tonight. Yeah. Right. And uh, Val ordered a, a sea breeze. And, I did. And the Thank waitress you. comes she didn't over know what that was. and says, so what's in your sea breeze? <laughs> and Val says, well, what's in your sea breeze? The same that as was always. Little, that was a little aggressive. Yeah, well, she didn't know what, and, how to uh, make it. And so she said, well, we know what ours is, but theoretically, if you were to describe yeah. a sea breeze, what if would be in it? If you yourself were a bartender, how would you yes. make the sea breeze? And I'm like, look. I'm, you expect a tip. I'm sitting in your place. That was a long... Make my drink. I mean, I was a little surprised. She came back twice. And yeah. finally, you said... I had I, to give her the Some recipe. grape juice. Yeah. Some... Grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice. Yeah. What else? A vodka. vodka. yeah. And, and uh, some ice and uh, a splash of some, uh, you know, juice. Just orange juice or... But it was pink. That's the grapefruit juice. Oh, it's pink grapefruit yeah, juice. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway... So yeah, it's delicious. So, and you, what would you have? You had something that was just <laughs> two martinis. It was just white with olives. That's right. Um, right. So, how'd the week treat you? Oh, just fine. I mean, if uh, I mean the market is just continues to be, you know, uh, panic inducing on a day to day basis. I mean, we, our index. Again, I've said this before on the show. The Russell two thousand value is either the best performing or worst performing index today, and I've. I've we're, we're in my office, which is nice. Uh, it was down 3.4%, uh, which is actually higher than the CD rate. So it would now take you more than a year to earn this back at the bank, which is, of course, why you don't put your money in the bank, right? Well, it's But been it's a been a pretty good uh, October. Uh, the market's been acting a little better. But, uh, you know. Whatever. I don't know. Who knows what the market's going to do it's tomorrow? Been, it, feel, it feels like it's, it, it spooks at the slightest provocation. Yeah. Well, I was just writing a, a, a quarterly letter. I'm not done with it. It's in draft form. And what I recall is when the Internet was kind of becoming available, everyone at the time, or many, thought that there was a chance that the market would actually become less volatile because instead of, you know, people being in the dark about 
the facts of a company or the fundamentals, everything was going to be released to everyone at the same time all over the world, and the price would just adjust to the appropriate price. And it would smooth yeah, everything smooth out. smooth everything out. Oh, Guess and, what? And when we started the business, a lot of arbitrage yeah. opportunities were really just delay of information. That's, that's what we thought, issues. that uh, if you could eliminate that, you'd have a nice, smooth. smooth but that hasn't... Uh, that evidently hasn't happened. Instead, the Internet has allowed everyone to panic at the same time or get greedy at the same time. And so uh, we've actually seen more volatility than, uh, than, than we've ever seen. Well, speaking and of getting greedy, um, I just dropped by the, uh, you know, the Occupy Wall Street group. Oh, you did? Yep. Yeah. Can Are you, you – uh, you, you listen. Hear that they're drumming right now. Oh, we might have given away some critical information. I do about hear us. it, but I. But I, yeah, yeah, they're there, and I've got uh, some news for you. What's that? Are you a leader now? Are you no. leadership council? No, but I uh, I bought an Occupy Wall Street franchise. Really? Yeah. What towns are you going? Well, for? there's a, there are, there. You know what? There are very few cities left. I mean, St. Joe, Wisconsin. What's that I thought, go for? That's not much. Of... When I Googled it and I looked population, it said not many. Oh, really? So, but no, no, but here's the, here's what's interesting. 25 of us have created a consortium. A consortium, yeah. So we're bidding on a major city. You get the major city, not only, now listen. Do they throw in like a Coca-Cola franchise or something? Because that'd be cool. No, but what you do get is you get on their main website and you get uh, text donation capabilities, Ah, which flows into our group. A PayPal button. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what's so great about this? We're, we're bidding on – I can't really tell you the name of the say everything. But we're bidding on the town. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of money invested. We're hedging our bets. Goldman Sachs is now trading franchise options. For like the second city, for secondary Occupy city Occupy on Wall Street franchises. Is it and all U.S. or are there international lot, uh, opportunities? It's international. And you know what's interesting? They're packaging these into – Kind of securities. You know, remember all of those sure. mortgage guys are all out of work? Yeah. They're packaging them based on large cities, small cities, credit ratings, and they're selling them. That is to, what if these To occupy, the pension funds. That is fabulous. Yeah. What if these guys on the street could represent your consortium and now you could help them get jobs? They could earn commissions exactly. on the sale well, of Well, that's where it's going. It's Unbelievable. Capitalism is a great thing. Anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll keep you I'm posted. About that. I'll let you know it's. Um, Franchising, I think, comes up in the Can next Can I ask you a question week. on that, Mo? Do you have to have a Wall Street in your town? For example, um, you know, I spent some time in, um, in in San Diego, in La Jolla. In La Jolla... Has a Wall Street. It, they have a Wall Street. Yeah. So, obviously, they'd be front, you know, front of the line because they actually... They don't have to... My point is, they don't have to rename a street to welcome your group. No, you you could occupy um, Maple Leaf Avenue. That doesn't have the cachet. That's true. But, you know, We're a lot of these the economies a, on the T-shirts a lot, and all that. None of these have been, you know, put in stone. Anyway, it's... Uh, Sounds like it's really evolving, though. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, a, it's another... Well, keep you posted. Anyway, right. so you've got some interesting So what are we doing today? Here? Are we going to get uh, Alphabet get into it? So, Let's all right, on. so... Uh, it's seven minutes into the show. We always end up wasting seven or eight minutes. So hopefully the core listeners have just skipped ahead to now because this is where we really get into the meat of the show. We've got three ideas, three terrific value ideas. They're out of the small and mid-cap edition of the October 21st Value Line Investment Survey. 
Uh, I'm just all online now. I don't have page numbers. So, you know, Phil, I don't know if you're online. I think maybe you are. I don't have the page numbers. We're just going to go alphabetical. First up, and it's not necessarily my first pick, but it's a little stock I like to call Artesian uh, Resources Corporation, ticker A-R-T-N-A. And you might say, well, what do they do, Val? Okay, in this week's edition, there's a bunch of water companies. Traditionally, they're pretty high-priced, so it's hard to buy them normally for a value investor because they're often pretty expensive. This is trading at a 30% P.E. premium to the market. Well, why am I looking at it? You know why? Because I don't care about that. What I care about on this one is it's got a 4.3% yield. People are screaming for yield. You can't get yield anywhere. 4.3%. And when I look at the, um, the dividend payout ratio, which is important on these high-yielding stocks, you want to see can they continue to pay the dividend. They're paying a dollar. Now, granted, this year it looks like it was dropped to 92 cents. So that's not great. But why is that? I, I think that's an anomaly of some kind because according to the quarterlies, They've continued to pay, or I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong number. That's what I was going to say. The dividends dividends, are a good show. It's earnings that are going from a buck to 92 cents. The dividends are 75 cents. They've raised them a couple of cents almost every year, and that looks like it's pretty well covered. This appears to be a monopoly, and it appears to be regulated. Now, I don't know that. It doesn't say that. Oh, yes, you can determine that very quickly. Look at these margins. Look at these margins, exactly. 10.8, 11.1, 11.1, 12.8, but that's too high. Back to 11.9, 11.4. Have you ever seen a non-utility with margins that flat? I've never seen anything. So that tells you right off the bat. Something's being regulated. Right. They have a negative working working capital, which tells me that they're actually letting their creditors uh, pay for some of their capital structure which helps their returns on capital, but not that much. They're at 5%, which is terrible. But it's a monopoly in water. The government bond is at 3% or 2.5%. I view this as a premium to the government, and it's uh, it's water. So you probably need this even more than you need government. That's a whole different show. Probably need it more than, yeah. But I like that a lot. The other elements to the story are simply where are they doing water? Here's a quiz for listeners. Yeah. They're doing the Delmarva Peninsula. The Delmarva Peninsula. Now, Mo, do you know where the Delmarva Peninsula is? Yes, it's in Saudi Arabia. It, that is. But there's a sister Delmarva Peninsula. It's the peninsula that has Delaware and, and Maryland oh. and a couple other states crank into that thing. Uh. The Delmarva. They do the water there. They do, uh, they do water. They do wastewater treatment they do uh, fire department water industrial water if there's so a water what do you think need, the difference is between fire department water and industrial water i think uh Pure, well, fire purity. department they want colder cold water yeah yeah colder water yeah they would want that's that. my guess right and industrial huh. an industrial uh, probably i don't know would you either would you good smelling to offset yeah. the bad smelling industrial I, i'm not sure i don't i don't know that much about this except that i think they have a monopoly. Water's going to be tied to GDP and population growth, very stable in the large picture. And you get this yield. That's all it's about, Mo. Yep. Yield. Yeah. I don't know. What well, do you, what uh, do you think? The stock was $17 in 2004. 
It's $17 today. That is pretty consistent. We already read you what the margins are. Obviously, that those are the margins of a regulated utility. Revenues have crept up for a little bit every single year for eight years. So, yeah. under normal circumstances, I would say, great. Who doesn't want a utility with an eight-year, very consistent, proven track record, a great yield? Now, the stock doesn't go up. Well, it does not. It's not, it doesn't not supposed to. to. Yeah, not supposed to. It's like a CD. If it goes up, the utility's upset. Right. Hey, why do you have that stock going up? Right. Um, here's my question. Yes, sir. In this day and age, what happens to a company like this that has high municipal exposure? So I'm going to do a little pitch here. Um, for those of you that haven't read Vanity Fair's Michael Lewis California article, go read it. It's amazing. It'll tell you what is going on in California. Some of these municipalities have no policemen, have so few policemen left that all of the traffic lights in town blink red. Yeah. Um, so, running out of money. They're running, running out of money. Out of money. Yeah. And. Um, so the only thing I would do before I jump into this to the deep end is figure out, so give me a better geographic idea where they are, and then let me do a little bit well, of tire kicking on the not municipal. California, just right, so you know. Right. Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Who's uh, defaulting in uh, Pennsylvania this week? Uh, well, Harrisburg. Hmm, where uh, are they near the... They're nowhere near the, the uh, Delmarva Peninsula. Well, let's yeah. hope they don't have any sister... Yeah. But I would I'd kick the a couple of tires on that, and uh, but boy, you got to drool a little bit over that yield. It's just a yield play. That's all. Yeah. nothing exciting, well, nothing to talk about in a party. You know, four percent is pretty exciting. It is. It is. All right. Next up, uh, alphabetically, National Beverage ticker F I Z Z. Ha 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 ha. Okay. That's why you pay investment That's bankers 10% of your IPO Someone because they – yep, some, um, some all-night intern. All right, what do these guys do? Well, first of all, the stock looks a little expensive. I'm going to give you that. 17.7 times earnings, a 17% premium to the market PE. That's a lot of 17s. Um, you know, but I look down at their returns on capital. If you're expensive, you better be giving me something. And they don't give you yield. This is not a yield play. It's – NMF, which I don't know why they just don't put zero. Um, but they do pay a special dividend every so often. They paid a buck thirty-five in 2010. They paid 80 cents in 07, 83 cents in 06. And I've talked to the CEO, so they're not committed to paying a dividend on a regular basis. But when they get a bunch of cash they don't know what to do with, you get these random payouts. It might have something to do with when he needs a new house, you know, something like that. I don't know if he's listening. But the CEO is named, uh, and chairman, Nick Caparella. And he's, a, he's really a small businessman that grew a big company. They're doing $600 million in sales now. And they've always done this sort of private label brand for soda. So when you go in the soda aisle at the supermarket, it's the soda at the bottom that's called, uh, you know, Kroger, uh, Cola or whatever. And uh, St. Nick's, that's Saint a big Nick's, brand. They do Shasta. Yeah. Again, when I was a kid, my parents, yeah, they bought Shasta. It was five cents a can. Now they do Mount Shasta. They do Crystal Bay, Clear Fruit, if you know those brands. Um, and that's been a very stable business. It grows with GDP. In tougher GDT growth times, it does a little better, private label gain share. But here's the frosting on this thing. Um, they own the LaCroix brand. And LaCroix is 
taking off uh, all around the country. And then they have a thing called Rip It brand, which again, it's new and it's growing. Uh, St. Nick's is a new brand that they're, that they're putting out there. But it's really LaCroix. LaCroix is becoming one of the top water choices. Uh, they have a line of sparkling beverages of different flavors, and, and it's high end. So when I look at their margins here, that's exactly you see six eight. years of eight, and then 10, and then 12. And what that is is LaCroix. And then you see six years of good returns on capital, mid-teens, very respectable. So, you know, you gotta, you got to think they were managing it well all along. But then all of a sudden, in 2009, 23% return on capital. In 2010, 51% return on capital. And the reason is they're just charging more for the water they're already making. So there's no additional costs, no additional factories. There's nothing like that. They've created a brand that was in existence already. So in effect, the brand is just kind of catching on, and they're just providing... Uh, the product into that demand. They've got no debt, 50% returns on capital, an equivalent return on equity, but if they took on a little debt, which they won't because I've talked to the guy, but they could be they could be earning a 70% return on equity here with no problem. They've got a 12% operating margin, and when you look back over the history of sales, even in the difficult recession years that we've had here, they grew sales every year, and that's going to just continue, uh, in my opinion, based on the market share growth in their brands and the increasing clout they have with the retail environments that they're in. They can bring out a name now and almost just demand some shelf space for trial where 10 years ago they weren't in that position. So a lot of good happening here, um, good returns on capital, great margins for a beverage company that's not Coke, and, uh, and a valuation that is a little higher than I'd like. But I think they're earning their way toward uh, a higher multiple just based on the tremendous numbers they're putting up here for returns and growth. So uh, I like this one, National Beverage. Well, you know these guys, so maybe you can explain this. If and I, I own it. Let me just say that I own this one personally. Okay. So then you can really explain this. Maybe not. Since 2007, stock's gone in round numbers. It's gone from about 8 to 16, so it's doubled. So this story about LaCroix getting into a higher margin business, you know, the, 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 you know, the stock knew that. It knew that. Right. So here's a question. Revenues for the last, since 2007, have been $12 million, $12 million, $12.8, I mean, they're flat. The story sh- here. Oh, that's per share. Per share. Yeah. And the shares have been stable. They've been, well. The sales number here is ticking up a little bit. Ever it so is slow. Yeah, I'll it's, give you that. Would you call, professionally, would you call that flat? I would. All right, flat. I would. I would. Now, look at these margins, 8, 8.6, 10.8, Yeah. You get in a new business, it's better margin, the whole business benefits from it, the stock takes off. Yeah. Convince me that these margins are going to keep expanding because if they don't, the stock doesn't keep going up. Well, especially here's what I think is happening is that um, if you go back to 07 – they had existing shelf space in most every retailer, and they were known as a discount private label brand. Mm-hmm. And they had their shelf space. And, you know, you may know this, private label, it costs you less as a consumer, but the store makes more on that because uh, the big branded names, they price their stuff to the store, 
as someone who can bring people into the store. Just like a big-name movie star in a movie takes, you know, a big chunk of the profits because they're the reason you're coming in. If you're Coca-Cola, um, you're making a lot more than the store is uh, when they sell a Coke and the store puts it in there just to draw you in. The reason they like Shasta is that they make probably 30 or 40% more per can, if you will, on these private labels. So they had a very secure place in the store for generations. I mean, I had Shasta. I'm a grown man. I had Shasta Cola when I was five. So they've been in there as this private label. Now, here's what I think is happening. They started to get some traction with, with LaCroix, and they're getting higher margins on LaCroix. But how? Well, and so they go to the store. They can't really get more shelf space. So what they do is they backfill. And what I think you're seeing here is they're not getting any more shelf space right now, but I think they'll be in a position to ask for it down what do you the road. Mean, what do you mean backfill? What does that mean? Well, I think that what they did was they took their existing shelf space and simply started to replace some of the private label uh, lower-end stuff with the higher-end LaCroix and the water okay. drinks and what all that. What percentage do you think they've gone through the, the transition? Well, look, let me, we point. can see it right here. In 07, right. sales were 566. Mm -hmm. In 2010, 600. So that's a $34 million increase, which that's is very small. It's all incremental. But then look at the operating, look at the net profit. Right. It, from 22 to 40, that's up 18, and that's net. So we know that the pre tax was probably 30, and the incremental sales was 34. So that whole increment in sales virtually came to the pre-tax line with no additional cost. And my theory is simply, and you just call them up and talk to them about this, which I have, but you know what? I didn't get into this actual nuance, but you, it's logic that they didn't get more shelf space, so they replaced higher No, that's right. I understand that. And it's, uh, so we're, it's beautiful. So are we 50% through this? Because, you know, once, once they go through the total transition, margins plateau. Well, and that's when I think... Here's what I think is going to happen next. Okay. So they've proven out during this period that this higher margin, higher price beverage is selling, and then stores are going to want to start to have more of it. So they say, hey, National Bev, hey, I need more LaCroix, and it's like... Ooh, no can do. We're going to need a little more shelf space. We can't simply keep backfilling because that's we got to you know. Boy, talk about yeah. it in a perfect world. In a perfect world, you'll you'll swap out higher margin yeah. stuff or lower margin stuff until you've used all of your old shelf space, or until and you have the leverage to right, make right, the right. store, and then you'll. Then you'll increase. Then you'll no longer have a margin expansion game. You'll go back to the revenue line yeah. and expanding that. Yes, that's in what a, I think. In a perfect world, or imperfect. Yeah, that's good. Marginally perfect. So, uh, do you know where these guys are located? Uh, they're uh, they're based in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, exactly. Florida. So I'm heading down there uh, in March for a, you know on site and to uh, two or three. Two or three shows ago, we did E-Diet. They're also in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, we got a road trip coming up then. So, yeah. So, these guys sell the soda that makes you fat, and then E-Diet catches you on the rebound and skinnies you up. It's something for everybody. It's a real you know, ecosystem a they've got down yeah, there. Yeah, big yeah. country. So, um, what else do I want to say I have one question for you. One. Yes, sir. Since you know the company. Yeah. Explain this to me. Yes. Um, I don't summer, I mean, I, in the summer, yeah. their sales are seasonally low. It's a soda company. Well, when's their fiscal year? That's uh, what I'd ask you. I don't know. That has to be it. Does it, you see say, it? Look does at it. it even say here when it is? 
No. Oh, it's a March. Yeah, it's, a, oh, it's it an April year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that is, uh, that's winter. Yep, third, never. Third quarter. Yep. Yeah. Next. Uh, no debt. Did I mention that? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, for those of you still with us at this point. Hi, Mom. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. I'll be home soon, uh, <laughs> sweetheart. Uh, finally this week, Rocky Mountain Chocolate. Little chocolate company. They got 365 stores in 36 states. What do I like about this one? Chocolate. Well, honestly, there was a lot of stuff in this issue. There were biotechs, which who knows if these things are going to work. They're either overpriced or they're priced like they're going to go broke, and you don't have. I have no idea how those things are going to turn out. Uh, there were some food-related uh, companies that all seemed a little expensive, and. Uh, and some uh, and and a, and a chocolate company, and I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. But I did go through every name in the book this week, and the reason this jumped out at me is the same reason that uh, Artesian did this week, which is simply in a world where you can't earn a buck, this thing's offering up a 4.7 percent yield, and that is a 40 cent per share dividend on 60 cents in earnings. And if I look back. You know, they've earned more than 40 cents for nine years, so that gives me some confidence that the dividend is going to be sustainable, and it looks like that that's their intent because they've been paying it every quarter for uh, 10 years. When I look at the fundamentals here, and, you know, is this company going to be around? Are they doing chocolate well? Well, the returns on capital are comfortably in the mid to upper 20s, and they bounce into the 30s on a couple of occasions. They did 23% last year. They have no debt. And in this period, the most recent scary time was when banks wouldn't loan money. So, again, do you want a stock in your portfolio that has no debt? I'd say yes. And pays you a yield? Yes. You do not even need a bank. In fact, you can probably get the check and cash it at the 7-Eleven. These guys are insulating you from the problems of the banks. They have no debt. They don't need the bank. They're generating cash flow every year. They're even buying a little bit of stock, although they haven't done that in a few years. I like that. But they're certainly not issuing shares and diluting you. The valuation is uh, 14 times earnings. It's just a little bit of a discount to the market multiple. But with their returns on capital, I'm very comfortable paying that because, if anything, they deserve a premium to the market multiple. And then their tax rate, another thing you want to check, it's normal, so you don't have to fear that... You know, they're making chocolate in Ireland or something and calling it a pharmaceutical, and they're about to get their taxes raised. So all in all, this looks like a very safe bet. It's based on human needs and wants, which I always like going there because I don't care what you do with the law. You could have a prohibition on chocolate. Guess what? There's going to be, there's going to be people getting chocolate. So it's a human uh, emotion that drives it, and so I'm very comfortable in the long-term growth rate of chocolate. And when I look at the returns, you know, there's been some publicity of chocolate companies going out of business and all that. Well, their returns tell me that whatever it is they're doing, uh, they're doing it well. And I think that part of that, their operating margins are in the 20s. So something that they're doing right is, uh, is not in the leverage side because they don't have any leverage. It's all in the operations. They're either buying real estate well, maybe they own it, maybe they only use franchises, you know, maybe who knows what. They're getting a great price. I don't know what it is, and I don't own this, and I don't know much about it other than what's in the value line. But 
when you're a consumer company selling a commodity and you're earning 20, mid-20s operating margins, you're doing something very, very well. I don't know what that is here, but I'd want to find that out. But it looks to me like the yield is sustainable, and uh, for that reason, I'm going to recommend it, Mo. Rocky Mountain. Yeah, I like it. I and I and I think that uh, it might be my favorite man, might be my favorite name here. Really? You know, this is a utility masquerading as a stock. That's what it is. People it, need chocolate. Well, look, it's it's, it's 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 and love. For 6 years sales have been flat. For 6 years they've had no debt. For 6 years they've had basically flat cash flow per share. They're they're a classic utility, but they have no municipal exposure. So they don't have to worry about where the utility whose primary constituency is the state of California or municipalities in Connecticut. And we have default issues or we've got other financial issues. Well, they're not price controlled or anything like that, obviously. It's, and so I like this because I've got a little bit higher yield. I don't have the exposure to municipalities, and I've got a seven-year track record of these guys operating with no debt, flat debt. You do have no. competitors, though. I, I, but and I want to know, it, they're beating the competitors. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they're doing that. Well, but the, they are. I had a different question. These guys are pr- presumably in, what, 365 stores in 36 states, and yet revenues have been fairly flat. So I would... You know, if I really needed to kick the tires, I'd want to go and say, why aren't you guys being a little more aggressive? You know, let me why aren't do you? the math here. Yeah. They say they have 365 stores. Yeah. Their sales are $31 million. That's $84,000 a store. Right. That's not enough to make money in a store. If you have one employee, you're not going to make money. So this must be almost an entirely franchise, franchise. deal. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why their returns are so high, and uh, that's why their margins are so high. It's all royalty income, and all they have is a headquarters staff. That's got to be what it is. Well, if I could understand that aspect of it a little better, I'd I'd jump all over this. Great yield, super safe balance sheet, long-term track record, and unless Americans stop eating fudge. Oh, here's something else we're learning. It helps to read the entire uh, description, 55 Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're also a defense contractor. Well, you know, you throw a few of those uh, cruise missiles in, those are high <laughs> margin. No, this, they, it says 55% of the products sold are prepared on the premises. But they didn't say of their store premises. They, they own some stores that are franchise stores. They're yeah, just talking about the right. business or whatever. Yeah. So they make half of it and they, they what, they the rest is packaged buy, or something. Well, it would just mean that Part of the revenues are uh, retail versus wholesale, but then that's probably irrelevant since they're just getting royalty income anyway. So you're going to want to go and read about this one, but these numbers are phenomenally stable, and uh, they look repeatable, at least for some period of time. They are, but I would also just say one thing, and and here's a pitch for long-term charts as it comes to momentum. Go look at the long-term chart because you know the Rod Stewart song, Every Picture Tells a Story. On this one? Yeah, this is going from, you know, 16 to 8. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd want to know what, you know, there's a little story there. I'd want to have that some of those hairs and warts trimmed a bit. Well, one thing I would say about that is that, uh, you know, earnings are flattish. Mm-hmm. So the multiple has come in a little bit. I think 
six, seven years ago, you probably did anticipate more growth. And so uh, the market, you know, now it's trading at a discount to the market PE where it was at a, mul a premium. So it's, and been all, it's been all shrinkage. It's got to be just because that, you know, the hope of that high growth is gone. And it's in the face of declining interest rates with all things being equal. Lower interest rates usually would lead to a higher market PE. But, of course, what's not the same is just uh, is risk and, uh, and concern about, you know, future growth, et cetera. But it, uh, it's, it's got to just simply be because the growth they thought was there, you know, has turned out to, to not be there. In mm -hmm. fact, you're right. I mean, the sales are the same level they were in 06 and right. in 2010. Right. But, um, but you do get that yield, 4.7%. True. So what else do we have? you got to love that. One more. You're going to do another one? You want to, oh, you don't, no, no, no I wasn't going to, you don't want the to only, I did want to say one other quick thing, because I was looking at, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, I have a, we have a website, uh, www.thevalueguys.com, there's a lot of boring stuff there about who we are and all that, but I do keep, there's a button on the homepage that gives um, Val's best picks over the last five years, and I keep it pretty updated, it's in a, Yahoo spreadsheet that pops open into uh, your HTML if you open it in Explorer. And about uh, eight or nine months ago, I recommended the stock, and I made it a favorite, uh, Coffee Holdings. Inc. Coffee Holdings, which I thought I had around here. Here's one right, right here. You have it? Okay. So if you look at this chart, back in, I don't know, back earlier this year, it was around four and uh, and you know, but but yet it still was earning money. It had a decent Val. balance sheet, Val. et cetera. Yeah, pull it up on the uh, pull it up on your Bloomberg. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question. Anyway, I went, before we get to any other uh, distractions on the stock, I want to close out that that purchase. It's up about fivefold, oh. and a lot of that's just sheer luck. I mean, it was cheap, but it's reacted fast, and I just want to close out it. Here's a here's a again another pitch for the long term charts. Take a look if it's if the stock's been uh, been doing the right thing for four or five years, you're going to see that in the in the chart. And uh, uh, this is a this is an interesting chart. What's the ticker? Ticker is J V A Java. So here comes the chart, and tell me what you think. Look at that thing. Yeah. What happened in 2011? This is a stock that's basically been bouncing around at $5 a share for five years, and then all of a sudden it goes from 5 to 17 What happened? Well, I think what happened is in 05 it was in the teens. And, uh, Look at the you chart. know, it's a New York company. Um, and, and it just it got into some trouble. There's a lot of competition, obviously, for coffee in the city, and so they tried to get out there with a little bit of a brand. And uh, you know, they they're a wholesaler. They undoubtedly served a lot of the guys in town and coffee shops, etc. And they just got into a problem. In '08, they lost money, and I think the market just got spooked. I mean, this is March of '09. Everything was at one, and it just stayed that way for a while. Uh, their balance sheet. Pull up the pull up the five year chart though for one second. That was my this question. Is five, this is five years. Here, let me go to the 
So, so what happened in, in 2011 that we had that huge spike in the stock? Was it To me, that almost looks like it should be bouncing along at the $5 level. There, were, there was a little problem, then they bounce uh, along at the $5 level. I'm going to make a level. guess here because I haven't looked too carefully at this, but, you know, all these commodities spiked. Uh, Every single freaking one of them, and I'm going to guess coffee did too. Peanuts is next. Well, we, that was in this week's issue. Yeah. But anyway, that's my guess. So I just want to close out coffee holding. It was a nice, a Ride. nice one, and uh, it's done now. So, um, you have a favorite this week, Paul? I uh, I got to go with Americans eating chocolate. If I could uh, do a little more research, I'll probably kick the tires on that pretty hard. You know what, Mo? I'm going to go with. Uh, National Beverage and the St. Croix brand taking over the world market for water. Helping yeah. our, okay, yeah. So, all right, well, that's it this week, everyone. Thanks for listening in. This has been the October 21st, 2011 edition of the Valley Line Observer. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining us, uh, wasting another half hour. See all of our caveats, information, pictures, photos our moms took at www thevalueguys.com. So long, everybody. Good night. We have to start it.